God'll get you for that one. Maud is owned by Shout Factory. God'll get you for that, Walter. Is produced for entertainment purposes only. Sponsored in part by Finley's Friendly Appliances. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of God'll Get You for That, Walter. God'll Get You for That. <laughs> Where we discuss episodes of Maud, a very, very famous 70s sitcom starring Beatrice Arthur, Bill Macy, and Adrian Barbeau. Today, we watched the final uh, showing that uh, was B. Arthur in All in the Family before she went on to star in her own sitcom. Correct. And the episode of All in the Family was entitled Maud. Yes. Naturally. Season 2, episode Season two, 24. Episode anyone, 24. For anyone, if you may want to anyone watch Anyone keeping that. score. Um, and it was a loaded episode. Yes, I it always was. forget how much they could pack into like those 20 I, some odd minutes. I know, yes. So it started with... It started in Queens. With the Bunkers. With the Bunkers, preparing to leave for... Carol's wedding. Carol's wedding. Carol is Maud's daughter, played by Marsha Rod. Now, it's important to remember that because Adrian Barbeau was then later cast as Carol for the remainder of the sit... For the, for yes. the entirety of Maud she the sitcom. took over the role. She took over the role. And there's actually a very good reason behind that. Oh, oh yeah. Well, we, we, we can address. We Ooh. can address so, Archie is obviously furious. I don't want to go, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. But Edith, of course, is like, no, we have to go we because to go. Maud invited us. Of course. So they went. So they go. And Maud is immediately on the defensive saying, I don't want Archie here any more than Carol does. So that immediately sets the stage for what is inevitably going to be fireworks. So, because of course Carol says that she doesn't want Archie there because she knows as soon as Archie hears that Carol is marrying a Jewish person. Jewish? It's going to be, you it's know. going to be problematic. Good night, nurse. Good night, nurse. She's, She's marrying, marrying a Jew. Jew. <laughs> Literally the line verbatim from, verbatim, both, yes. from both Carol and, and Archie. Now, one thing I want to point out is Adrian Barbeau was later cast. And the reason they did that yes, was because why? Adrian was younger. True. And Adrian was also more... Bustier. ...developed. Yeah. So, it, it disappointed B. Arthur only because, and you can even watch it in the episode, the dialogue between Maud and Carol is much more, the way B. Arthur described it, electric. Yes. It felt much more heated. Like there was yes. more, there was more um, tension between... Yes. Carol and Maud. Between and the, the original between, Carol, Between yeah. Marsha Rod and B. Marcia Arthur than there was between B. Arthur and Adrian Barbeau. Yes, definitely. That we can certainly address next week yes. when we talk about the first episode of Maud. Yeah. So, the episode continues with Archie and Edith getting to... Now, we were also introduced to Maud's husband, Walter. Walter. Still played by Still Bill played Macy. by Bill Macy. And um, once again, like the continuity when it comes to Maud's husbands is definitely oh my lord strange. Yes, because they had mentioned Chester who died at sea, but Chester didn't die, didn't at, die sea. at sea. Um, uh, then there was Fred and uh, uh, Sean. Fred and Chester. No, Fred died of a brain hemorrhage, right. and Bert died of a heart seizure. Yes, so it was Fred and Bert. But Fred and Bert never existed. No. In the in Maud Cannon, 
Mm-hmm. Maud's husband's were, if I'm not mistaken, Barney, Chester, Albert, Walter. I think in that order. I mm-hmm. could be completely and totally wrong. They did mention Albert in this one. Yes, they also mentioned Chester. They but Chester was later brought in an episode mm-hmm. where they had to sign divorce papers. Okay. So just, the, the, again, the continuity with with any sitcom is very uh, strange. Curly burly and... Her, very yes, curly burly. I mean, it's so... It's one of the... Specifically when it comes to the Golden Girls. Oh my cannot, god. You cannot follow the continuity of that no, show. No, not at all. Because you'll have you'll have Angelo and then you'll have Angelo. You'll have Angelo, then you'll have Angelo. Mm-hmm. Then you'll have all of the kids. Then you'll have all the grandkids. Then the stories will constantly... Just very, very bizarre. Yes. So, of all the continuity errors from Maud, her husbands are definitely yes. a point of contention. That's definitely the sticking point. That's the sticking point. Yes. Um... But the episode definitely it, it, it delved heavily with um, anti-Semitism. It yes. dealt heavily with children being single mothers. Um, it dealt heavily with children in general because they were obviously talking about Philip. Yes. Um, women in the workplace. Women in the workplace. Women marrying. Mm-hmm. Just marriage in general was definitely a point a point of uh, interest in the episode. Oh, oh, and even uh, Walter with calling Carol out for wearing a white wedding dress. For wearing a white wedding dress, yeah. When she was When she divorced. was previously she's divorced. Now, yeah, at this and she also has a child. Yeah, and, you know, sort of like calling her out that uh-huh. she shouldn't be allowed to wear white. And, you know, Carol throwing it back at him that, you know, that's... that's it's, an ar- it's an archaic, yes. sexist view of women. And also pre- having premarital relations. Yes. Where ha- there's... There's nothing wrong with having premarital sex. It's just, how did Carol put it? It's just a sexist view of women. Right, right. That a, a, a woman getting married, she's supposed to be a virgin, and the, the white wedding dress uh-huh. you know, symbolizes and that. Pure and wholesome pure, and all that fun stuff. And the man can be, you know, anything And the man can do anything he wants. You know, yes. And it was, you know, it's always... Spread their seed willy-nilly. Exactly. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. But that's, you know, that's something that was definitely a point that I think Norman wanted to do, is he wanted to make Carol similar to Maud. Not an exact copy, but very similar in terms of views and in terms of morality. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, Maud being from the 50s, definitely having more of a, I guess we can say narrow-minded view, mm-hmm. but still very much liberal, liberal and very, very open to to new people. Yes, um, and it <laughs> it's a honestly, this episode is a much better introduction to the mod that became mod to the mod universe to the mod universe, the, basically the mod universe. Right? Um, I love that. I think, am I the first one to coin that? Yeah, the first one the to coin that. You know, there's the Marvel Universe, the DC Universe. Now there is the Maud Universe. So, it definitely is a great introduction to to who Maud is as a person. Mm. Specifically when the plumber, who at the time was working on the plumbing. The dishwasher. The dishwasher, the dishwasher in the household. Yes. Comes in and says, I still am owed $15 for a house call. And... Let me tell you, I would give a body part if, if like, <laughs> the plumber, was if it was only $15, $15. for a service call these yeah. days. Let me tell you. Because literally, I just had to have, like, some pipes in the basement replaced. Yeah. And, like, you know, when I made the appointment, they said, well, just so you know, it's, like, $210 an hour. <laughs> 
I know. We love inflation. Why did I go to college? No, but but it's true though. You know, you're as as the series progresses, you're going to hear us discuss prices during the seventies. Um. How much for a tank of gas? How much for uh, an ounce of weed? How much for... I'm trying to think of like other things that were mentioned as far as prices. Are we talking about dandelions? (laughs) (laughs) I just said actually... There actually is something... I think it's called The Pot Story. Oh, there is one? There is an episode called The Pot Story. Yeah, that one. It's... Again, it's another very... uh, Very... Polit... Politically heavy show. It's another mm-hmm. politically heavy episode, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that was what that was what I think Norman there wanted to do with one. He wanted to make her a very politically heavy, strong, person. polarizing, polarizing. That, that is a that is a great great way to describe her. Polarizing. I know. I have to give myself a little award. For that. <laughs> SAT word. You get your winky pin. You get the winky pin. So. The episode continues with Edith and Archie coming in, and obviously Archie opening with "Good night, nurse." Well, 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 the best thing is when yeah. they first get there, and Maud is like welcoming Edith, and she just closes and she closes. Oh, oh my goodness! Yeah, she slammed. <laughs> I mean, what B. Arthur was really known for yes. slamming, slamming doors in men's faces. Yes. Where she did it with Stan, she did it with with Archie, with Archie, yeah. and uh-huh. just, just. Brilliant! Like, not many people know or are familiar with B. Arthur's physical comedy. Mm. But in Maud, she was such a great physical comedian. Yes. there. I think there was even one point where she was drunk in one episode, and she was literally carrying her legs <laughs> over... And I'm like, this is absolutely brilliant. She's not John Ritter. No. But... Who is? No. Not <laughs> but, like now... Um, but I mean to see to see someone that tall and that you know it, it was almost like how they said in an episode uh, in interviews about the Golden Girls there were only there were seldom episodes where B Arthur's character Dorothy became so unglued true and I think one of the best examples of that was during the um, to discuss Golden Girls for a brief period of time. Um, it was the ep- the uh, mids- midsummer magic, midsummer something or other, where uh, it's the it's the conversation when she kissed about the Miles. When she kissed Miles. Oh. It was the conversation about the cupcakes. Dorothy. Were you and Miles baking? <laughs> exactly, and um, and her cupcakes were and the cupcakes were moist and delicious. And delicious. <laughs> Men love <laughs> cupcakes. Oh, I'm Dorothy. Knows her cupcakes are dry and tasteless. <laughs> Let me tell you something, you Swedish people. <laughs> but, I mean, seldom you would see B. Arthur come unglued. But when it came to Maud, there was more... She was able to play a little bit more with the scenery. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I always appreciate when she's able to do more physical comedy. Because you just don't you don't see it all that often. No. But one thing that I love is when she's able to slam the door in people's faces. Yes, and and doing it, you know, right off the bat there with Archie. Just, it it really opens you up to what the character is really going to give you. I think that that, just that one instance of, you know, closing the door on Archie's face. Literally pulling Edith in and then uh, pulling Edith in with one arm and then slamming the door in his face with the other. It really tells you everything you need to know about Maud. Yeah. Just that one... That one frame of reference. Yes. And... 
This was also the first episode where Maud used the phrase, God, God will get, get you, you for that, that Walter. And, uh, again, just, it was, it was a very good, it was a good introduction to the character. Yes. Because, yes, we have Cousin Maud's visit. We know that she's obviously going to be a very militant feminist, very aggressively politically um, uh, blue, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. at the time. And just someone who is very vocal about their political leanings and right. their political ideations. But it also introduced us to sort of the double standard of being of the character. Mm. Because while they were discussing um, Carol's future husband, who is Jewish, right. Maud was mentioning how Jewish people have a sort of sensitivity. Yes. And it was really one of those things where it was like Carol called her out and said, yes. no, that's, that's, that is an anti-Semitic remark. Or that's an anti-Semitic um, ideation. And it, it really, again, leans into who Maud is as a person. Because, again, as I've mentioned in the previous episode, Norman Lear made Maud a quote-unquote bullshit liberal. Where you'll have right. those human qualities. Where you'll have the, yes, I am this. I am very much this. But also, I'm this way too. Right. And, um... Because she talks about the neighbors, the Rosenblatt. The Rosenblatt. That they were first Jewish family to move into the... Into the neighborhood. And, and then they out. were over every night for dinner. Yeah, they were off in and out of the house all the time. And yep. Carol calls her out. She says, but you hate the Rosenblatt. And she says, because they're in and out of the house all the time. <laughs> and that, again, it just sort of leans into who Maud is as a person. Right. And uh, to see the interaction, I, well, I personally, I adore Adrian Momo. Mm-hmm. I, I love Adrian Momo as a character. Mm-hmm. I love Adrian Momo as an actress. As an actress. But the, the interaction between Marsha Rod, who actually later comes back much later in, in more of the series as a um, as a co as an assistant store manager to to, Ar- to to Arthur to Walter as the store manager of Finley's oh. Friendly Alliances. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep, she came back for I think one episode. But to see the interaction between like mother and daughter the way that Carol and Maud were in the first mm-hmm. In the first, like, I love their interactions. Mm. I really do. Like, I'm not saying that Adrian Barbeau and her didn't have that sort of same electricity or same tenseness, but I feel like the arguments between Marsha's Carol and Adrian's Carol is very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because while Adrian is very, uh, I mean, Adrian was very tough. Yeah. She was very headstrong. But Marsha, like, I don't know. I just. I, if, I, I wonder if they, such a difference. I wonder if they felt she was too much like I think it Maud. may have been too much like Maud. She yeah. may have been too much like, like Maud and not enough contrast. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I feel like Marsha would have been more like Maud. Yes. And hilariously enough, well, we'll discuss that when it comes to Vivian, but Doris Roberts was also supposed to be cast as Vivian, Vivian. but they didn't because too Doris was like too much like B. Arthur. Arthur. Um, so for Mar- I think... One of the reasons was obviously Adrian's physical appearance, but her acting abilities, and she was also a little bit softer. Yeah, definitely. And, um, I mean, that's to her credit. That's still a great character to play opposite of this very strong, husky, like, claws out at a, at a moment's notice Maud. Um, and we're also introduced to Philip for a brief period of time, 
who also has, hilariously enough, a very interesting character. Like, not just a quote-unquote dumb kid, but mm-hmm. I think there was also an episode where um, Maud physically strikes a child. Right, right. That was that yeah. was an episode that we're definitely going to get to talk about. Um, but ultimately, the uh, the episode continues with... Um, I think, what was the what was the husband's name? David. David. David yeah, yes. was David. Yes, David. And uh, they're supposed to. He comes in. He comes in and just very very manic character. Yes. Uh, him and Walter go to the bachelor party, the bachelor party, and Archie says, "Come on, there's a bachelor party happening at such and such." Archie won't go because he, he had to cough up ten bucks. Yes, and Archie wouldn't go because he had to cough up ten. He bucks. was not coughing. He up was not bucks. coughing up ten bucks. Right, because Archie party. will pinch the penny until the buffalo poops. <laughs> the power of suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. The episode continues. Archie stays. Walter says he's going to stay. Says he's going to stay. And then as soon as the party shows up... The, the women for the, the, the bride for the bridal, bridal party. Shower. The bridal shower show. Yes. And Maude says, I have something to show you all. And presents Archie to the group. And yes. then all of the ladies start saying, Oh, that's so good. That's yeah, so like all clamoring it. for him. Yes. And Archie immediately gets up and says, I'm going back to the hotel. Going back to the hotel. So... Archie leaves, and Edith is left to stay with everybody. And then that that's when it cuts to commercial. Right. And then it comes back. And they're all leaving. And they're all leaving. All the ladies are leaving. All the ladies are leaving, and Maud immediately says, God, I'm tired. Right. Because apparently it's a... One of the things that we have to address here is mm. that Maud is a bit of a narcissist. Oh, definitely. Where everything is about Maud and mm. nobody else. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what makes her human. Mm-hmm. So everybody leaves, and um, I think that's when Edith goes upstairs to check on Philip because Philip calls Philip, down. Philip's asking for a glass of yeah, water. Philip's asking for a glass of we water. We don't actually see Philip. In we don't. We do not we see just Philip. We just hear him. We just hear him. And um, yeah, Edith goes upstairs to take care of him, and she's then giving he, him a glass of water. And she's going to read him a, a bedtime, a bedtime story, story, which is a convenient plot device to get. Get Edith, Edith out of the way out of and the also make the focal point more and, and Carol. Carol. And the oh, we're good. Oh, we're good. We're so good. <laughs> we're so, so good. good. I hope you all. I hope you all appreciate the the unison, the unison that, that is us, <laughs> and the unity, the unity between the two of us. But the conversation between Carol and Maud mm. was just—it was so firing. Yes, it was so far because they were talking about. Um, they were talking about how many showers, how many showers they each threw for the other. Yes, and it was just back and back forth and where Maud was and unrelenting. And yes. I, I, I'm, I'm siding with Carol on this one. I'm not siding with Maud on that one. Oh my! I, I know, shocker. The oh. B. Arthur impersonator isn't siding with B. Arthur. Oh my goodness! But the, even there are times, even watching Maud, where I'm just like, oh, that was, that was a lot. Mm-hmm. Like they take it, take it down a notch. Mm-hmm. Take it, take it back a couple of paces, and um. Just again, the constant back and forth where Maud was saying, "You threw me a shower for uh, Albert right. and not Walter, and not I threw you Walter." A- right. She was saying that she threw it for Albert, but not Walter. Albert, yeah, and you know, and Carol was insisting, "No, she threw it for Walter, not for Albert." And then Maud was saying, "I threw you a shower for Dennis." And just right, and that's another thing that changes is the name of Carol's, Carol's first husband. First husband. Okay. 
Like, again, just continuity errors that's, like, minutia. Like, that I, that I can handle. Couldn't anybody I can... look at a past script? <laughs> and say, well, you know, or nobody remembers? Uh, what, was, what, what did we name Carol's first husband? No, it's like... But, I mean, at least they took enough care and quality to keep most of the story intact. True. Unlike other sitcoms past and present that just did not pay attention to yes. the script. Every, it's like every episode is Every like, episode's a new adventure. A, a, a completely new universe. But also, if you noticed, um, the writers, the writers on Maud were more consistent than they were for other sitcoms. True. Yes. Um, also, Susan Harris, who later wrote for Soap, and uh, Golden Girls mm-hmm. wrote a couple of episodes for Maud. Oh, she did. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think she is uh, one. The two. The two parter that sticks out in my mind is Maud's dilemma, which is the abortion episode. Susan right. Harris wrote that. Oh, she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She also wrote a couple of other. Like Susan Harris was a very prolific writer. Prolific writer. That's a good word to you. Another I know. SAT word. I, I, You're yeah. doing so good. I'm You're doing, doing so, so good. Um, all, all, all of these big words that I never get to use. <laughs> Finally able to use them. <laughs> what a funk. So the episode continues mm-hmm. with Carol and Maud arguing. Right. And then I think That's uh, when that's when Walter, Walter and, and David David enter. And they had a wild party. Yes. And Walter is angry. Walter is furious at Because David Because the police were called. Right. That's a plot point, kids. Let's Big. let's hold on to that for hold a on, Remember hold on that. To that. The police mad. were called. Walter is mad because the police were called. And raided the And raided the Bachelor, bachelor party. party. And raided the Bachelor Party. Hold on to that. Hold on to that for just a moment. It'll, it'll return. There's there's the reason for that. That's reason. foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Oh my god. <laughs> we're on fire. <laughs> We're on fire with this episode. So, I mean, there's a lot. There's there's so much to digest in this episode. Yes. Because it deals so heavily. With, I think there was even one point in time where B. Arthur said, where, where Maud said, I planted a tree in Israel. Yes. Yes. Where she was, I think because that was when Carol called her out on making the anti-Semitic Yes, call. early, yeah, in the beginning very, of the episode. Very much earlier on in the episode. When they were talking about the Rosenblatt. When they were talking about the Rosenblatt. <laughs> and then Maud says, I I don't know how you could say that to me. I planted a tree in Israel. That's right. And, and like, you know, her, her accountant is Jewish. Her doctor is Jewish. Her lawyer is lawyer, Jewish. Every, you know, everybody, every person right. that, that Maud comes in contact with is Jewish. Is Jewish. And, um... And oddly enough, of course, you know, B. Arthur, B. Arthur is really Jewish herself. Was Jewish. So... So it's funny that she ended up playing these characters that were outside not of the Jewish. end of the matchmaker. Yeah. I think the end of the matchmaker was the only canonically Jewish character that B. Arthur ever played. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that's funny. I know. It is I, think, like, I think that's funny. Um, that I do like, wonder why on Golden Girls they made her and Estelle Getty Italian. They were the, Jewish. The producers initially wanted to write mm-hmm. Estelle and B as Jewish characters, mm-hmm. but I think the I think there were other producers that felt that if they made them Italian, they'd be more marketable. They'd be easier okay. to market. Well, that could be. They'd be an, they'd be an easier market because I mean during the during the eighties, I guess there were a lot of Italians, and they decided to make them Italian just for the sake of marketing. I guess. And there were there were a lot of Italians in sitcoms, you know, like yeah. Tony Danza and Taxi, and then Who's yeah. the Boss, and and all, and all that stuff. So I guess I guess it, I guess it made sense. And but, actually, you know, me, I'm half Italian, half Jewish, and and it's like. 
so much of it is like interchangeable. Uh-huh. So much of it is interchangeable, yeah. but we digress. We, di- we digress. I mean, I'm also Italian and Jewish. I, I didn't know you were Italian and Jewish. Mm-hmm. On my mother's side. On your mother's side. My. So we're both pizza bagels. We're bo- <laughs> Alexis, Alexis Flame gave Alexis me that. Alexis Flame gave you that name. Wow. That said that I'm a pizza bagel. No. On my, uh, on my mother's side, my grandmother's mother was a Russian Jew. Okay. That's right. You did tell I me did that. Tell How did I forget that? It's I, I, it's potpourri. It's potpourri about Tomcat. Nobody pays the, attention to potpourri about no, Tomcat. No, it's, it's the, 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 the gray cells are they're wiggling <laughs> on the vine. They're dying as we speak. <laughs> By the end of this episode, you may have oh, to, stop you may it. have to change my depends. Stop it now. <laughs> I'll get your husband for that. I don't do diapers. <laughs> I don't do babies. Um, so, the episode continues yes. with, with David and Walter coming, coming back to the house, and, and all the turmoil of, 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 all the turmoil of the police bachelor party, raiding the, raiding, yes. raiding the bachelor party, and, Carol is upset, Carol is very upset, because there were girls, there were the girls, party. yes, and David calls Carol out, and like, well, you're a, you're a liberal fem, you're a liberal female, how, right, how, how dare you say that I can't have women at my party, and it's like, Whoa! Yeah. But that's part of the writing that makes the characters believable. Right. And uh, short story long, it ends up coming out that Carol says to David... Well, well what happens is... Yeah, go ahead. David is, is, like, you know, going off, and he's, say, and he's going on about, you know, the things that he's done, and he's saying, you know, and I, and I, I bought us a house... And, and, and that's right. And David kept on saying, "I bought we, we bought a house. When you're when you quit your job, right? You can sit, you can stay at home and watch the kids." Basically saying all of these male chauvinist pig ideals, right? Basically saying you're going to be at home, you're right. going to be knocked up and pregnant, you're right? Gonna be barefoot and pregnant, barefoot and pregnant, barefoot and pregnant. You're going to be taking care of the kids, kids, taking care of the house. You're going to cook, you're going to clean, clean, you're going to do all this fun stuff. Right. And Carol's like. I, Absolutely not. And of course, Maud is like, she'll do it. She'll, she'll do, do it. it. She'll, she'll have the kids. It. It's all fine. It's fine. <laughs> so just again. Maud. And then Carol makes the remark and about then the Carol house. Makes the remark about the house being a steal or a deal. I think she said it was a deal. Or, or a bargain. Or that it was a bargain. That it was a bargain. Because it, it was a bargain. And that and triggered. That triggers David. That triggered David saying, well, that's a very. That's a very interesting. Are you just? Do you want to see if I bleed? Right. Do you, and Walter, get me a knife. Right. I'm like, and then he and, and he asked, and, and Walt said something too, and he uh, and, and he took it as being anti-Semitic. I'm trying to. Remember what I she don't said. remember what we, only, we literally said. just watched. We just watched episode. it, but there was so much in it. There was. Just and then he goes so to Walter. He's saying, Walter, do you want do you want to say something too about and, it? Um, and Walter says, Well, you are talking with your hands. <laughs> but then. To turn everything around on its head, David says, I was waiting. Right. My mother said that if I had married into this family, I was waiting for the day that somebody would make an anti-Semitic remark. And that and basically triggered, that he knew it was going to happen. Basically that he knew it was going to happen. So Carol ends up throwing in his face, I've made love to you for two years, and you've been waiting for this right. moment. Right. That is anti-Gentile rhetoric. Yeah, right. And it, it just, it was one of those moments where I'm like, this is a very human conversation in a very human household. Mm-hmm. It's a little cartoony. Yes. 
It's a little cartoony, but it's also a very real thing that happens. Yes. Because it's true. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's one of the beautiful things about a lot of Norman Lear productions yeah. is that these episodes, these ep- these episodic episodes, are very human. Yes. And, you know, I can actually relate a, a, ver- a real story that happened to me. Yeah. Years ago, when I was, I was married, I was in, like, a straight marriage, and... Uh, a relative of my then wife came over, and it was right around the time that the Berlin Wall came down. Okay. And um, this relative, she happened to be German, and uh, said, I don't know how it came up in conversation, and um, somebody somebody said, well, some, some people are, you know, they're, they're, they're nervous about it or worried about it. And she said, well, you know, the only ones who are worried about it, you know, the, the ones who are worried about it, the only ones who are worried about it are the Jews. And, you know, and like I looked at my then wife and, uh, and you know, because she saw, you know, the mercury was like rising. <laughs> and I gave her a look like, you better put her in her place before I do. And she said, um, you know, um, uh, Anthony's, uh, at that time everyone called me, just called me Anthony. And she, she called me Anthony. No, she didn't call me Tony. But she was like, um, you know, um, he's half Jewish. And all of a sudden, then she was like, oh, uh, 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 didn't know what to say. And then my my then mother-in-law was like, oh, oh she didn't mean anything. She didn't mean they're, anything. They're in the headlines. And it's like, in the headlines. it's like, yes, yes, she did mean something. It's like, I actually, I made a post on Facebook. Um, and I basically said, if we could please stop calling Jewish people the Jews. The Jews, yes. And the comments on that status were just, I'm Jewish and I think this is wrong. I think this is an ignorant statement to make. And I'm like, it's contextual. Mm -hmm. It's all about context. George Carlin was a brilliant, brilliant comedian. Yes. And he said, it's all about context. Mm -hmm. It's how you present the right. phrase. It's how you present the term. It's a brilliant bit of um, insight. You could find it on YouTube, actually. Where he's basically talking about all of these words mm-hmm. are words in and around themselves. They may not be nice words, True. but it's all about the context. Like, um, an obvious example would be, the, would be the Jews. Instead of saying Jewish people, saying the Jews. The Jews. And again, it's all and about it's the it's way it's, it's the way it's said. It's all context. It's all about context. Because I've heard that you know, I've I've had experience. With, I've heard heard that said in yeah. my presence. And when somebody was is saying it at that way, like the Jews, it's it, it, you know, there's you know, um, there's venom, like a, there's venom, venom behind that. that. Yes, exactly. It's that. not it's not being it's not being said. You know, in a nice way. In a nice it's way. not being said in a pleasant way. It's being said in a very confrontational, antagonizing way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, conversations like this are happening every day. Yes. Conversations like this are happening in every household. And it's just so wild to see this this sitcom from the 70s. And I think if that was episode 24, then that, yes. means that, that was in 71. Mm-hmm. So that was 71, which means that Maud was released in 72, 72. or that following that yeah. following um, sitcom season. That, that following Back then, season. which always started in September. Always started in September. So it was that 
there was the period of time in the summer. Then in September, that was when Maud was, was yeah. released. Not to digress, but I remember that as a little kid, especially Saturday morning cartoons. Yep. You waited with like bated breath. breath for September to start. And the new Saturday morning cartoons, I can remember, you know, getting the TV guide and like <laughs> see like what new cartoons were going to be coming coming out. And it's, it's like, oh, I planned my day. I was, I was, oh, it's like this at eight, then, yeah. then, then this at eight thirty, then at nine I have this, nine thirty, and it was like from like eight to twelve, it was like you know, I woke up, you know, I was usually up before the cartoon started and had to watch something like, I mean, my God, I go back to, I remember when like. I would get up so early that all they had on was the American flag, <laughs> and you know there, there was you know the Star Spangled Banner was playing until the actual TV yeah. started. But I would have my. You I know, was going to say they did that on the radio too. Yeah, yeah, they did it on the radio too. Where like if it was uh, it was around like what six o'clock, five o'clock, mm-hmm. six o'clock. Mm-hmm. You would turn the radio on, and oh, it would be the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would I would make myself my. Uh, I think it was usually. Um, Fruit Loops with my <laughs> breakfast cereal of choice. I plopped myself down in front of the TV in my yeah. pajamas, and I was, you know, I, that was it. Watched my cartoons. Small. That's how. It, that's how it was in the seventies. Yeah. Also, we apologize if, like, during our silence, you hear a whirring sound. We put the air conditioner on. Yes. So we, we're 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 large. We're we're older women. We're older, we're older women. You know, I'm draining my estrogen patch <laughs> as we speak because of the menopause. <laughs> oh my goodness! <clears throat> oh my so God. the episode continues. Yes, yeah. the episode continues with David basically holding his face, saying, "They make a point. It is anti-gentile rhetoric." And um, I think at that point they come to the conclusion. They come to the conclusion that the wedding is off. Wedding is off. The wedding is canceled. Like yeah. there's there's nothing that can be done about it at this point. Right. So David leaves, kisses Carol on her forehead, says, "We'll talk. We'll figure this out." Right. They end up not figuring it out because by that point they had already been recast. We, we, we <laughs> had, David and Carol had been recast <laughs> at that point, and we never. never I don't think David ever comes back. Well, no. I, Carol did get remarried in the in the show, didn't she? Didn't she get married later no. on in the, in the actual show? No, I thought she did. I think in the sixth season she may have left and married the person that she was she was dating at the time, but that was much later on. Right there were there were episodes where they were where she was engaged, mm-hmm. but she never married. Oh, she didn't. She never. I couldn't married. remember that. I couldn't. She remember never that. remarried. Um. But again, we'll we'll get there. We'll, we'll figure it out when we get to it. Um, so that's how the episode the episode pretty much ends with um, Carol and Maud and Walter basically having this moment together as a family where they're like, "Well, now what?" Yeah. And then by that point, Archie comes back. Well, Edith came down. Edith came downstairs and said, "What was the problem? What are we all laughing about?" And Everyone tells Edith, well, the wedding's, wedding's off. off. Right. So then Archie enters, Ugh. making a big fuss about something or other. And what does he mention but the fact that he had to call the police because there was a big to-do at the hotel that he was staying right. in. Right. And that's, that 
was the whole reason. So and Archie was to blame. So Archie was to blame for the raid, the fight, and the, fight and and the, the marriage off, busting up, the the wedding, which Walter is really mad about because he's you know paid paid all this money. Walter paid a lot of money for the whole, and, and, and the, he was complaining earlier. In the in the uh, in the episode, which is funny because you know that's that's something that a lot of people like I guess wouldn't notice back in the day, or maybe they did notice because I noticed it too. But they're all talking about how sometimes Jewish people are tight with money, mm-hmm. how they will always look for a bargain, mm-hmm. when yet they're doing the same thing that right. they're critiquing this person about. Right. So again, it's just another layer of the humanity and the humility Correct. in the show, and. Uh, well, Walter's also complaining because he's not Carol's biological father, and you know uh, Chester got out of, got out of having to you know Chester, who I guess out this money in this continuity is Carol's is, father, is but, Carol's father, but dead, but dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will address that when the time comes. But to those curious, I'll take care of it now. Barney is Carol's biological father. Then Barney died. Mm-hmm. Then Maud got married to Chester. Mm-hmm. And Chester and her got a divorce. Right. Then Maud married Albert. Then they got a divorce. I think it was her fastest marriage. Okay. Because Albert and her were married for seven months. Mm-hmm. And then Albert died. Mm-hmm. That's There's an episode called Poor Albert. We'll get to that. And then Walter is her fourth and final husband. Right. And that's what I know from the show. (laughs) That's all all he knows. That's all I know. Um, So the episode pretty much ends with Carol commiserating to Archie saying, you don't have to say anything. It was, you did nothing wrong. It was all my fault. And then Archie in his infinite wisdom says, you're right, it was your fault. It was your fault. Yeah. (laughs) And again, it was just one of those moments in time where I'm like, oh, Archie. Yeah. I guess you're you're so lovable, Archie. Just, I want to squeeze you. I, I have to wonder, like, how um, the All in the Family cast felt about, you know, this whole episode sort of, like, pushing them off stage. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming, may, you know, maybe, you know, because I'm sure they get paid they got paid the same amount. I, they got paid their money whatever anyway. They, whatever, you know, however much or little they did. So considering that was at the end of the season, maybe it was sort of like, you know, well, we're starting, you know, we're, we're, we're ending a I think, bit you know what, if I, had to, if I had to put money on it, if I, had, if I was a gambling man, mm-hmm. I would probably say that the cast was already told mm-hmm. that this episode was going to be a pilot right. for Maud. Right. And depending on how the ratings for this episode go, we'll determine if another sh- if another show is made. Right. What I want to know is the conversation that took place afterwards, similar to how it probably went with the other sitcoms, like The Jeffersons. The bunkers are not mentioned in The Jeffersons. Right. Maud. The bunkers are not mentioned in Maud. Good Times. The Finleys are not mentioned in Good Times. Right. So it's sort of that. It sort of begs the question: like when a new sitcom is made, and I don't know because I don't. Work in Hollywood. I don't work in sitcoms. Yet. Yet. <laughs> you know, the wind is still blowing. Um, but to, to ask the question, like, how does one go about having that conversation? Mm. Where it's like, <clears throat> we're going to make this new show, and then we're never going to talk about the show that it came from previously. Right. 
Right. Like with, um, I'll, use, I'll use Golden Girls as another example, because mm-hmm. there were a plenty of spin-offs of that. But there were times when Sophia would show up in random episodes. Yes. There were times when Dorothy would show up in random episodes. Blanche, Rose, some of them would end up in like random episodes of Empty Nests, or Nurses, yes. or... Um, what was, the, what was there? There was another one? Golden Palace. Golden Palace. I think there was one more. Was there? Empty Nests, Nurses, Golden Palace. Nope. I think that was the only three. I think that was that. Those were the only three. Yeah. So, there were times, that, like, what? B. Arthur never guest starred on Good Times. No. Carol O'Connor never guest starred on The Jeffersons. Nope. So, it's like, how do you sort of have those conversations? But again, that's just... That's the mystery of Hollywood. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was this was this was definitely a full episode. Mm-hmm. Like it, it pretty much set the stage for what we were getting with Maud, and also B. Arthur looked much younger in this episode than she did in the previous one. Yes. And they also dressed her much more Maud. Maud. <laughs> What we what we know as Maud with the you know the long vest. And I even the, said when we were yeah. watching it, the <laughs> outfit that, she, that she was wearing. I said, "You need that outfit." I do. And that, her velvet jumpsuit. It was a it was a green vel- long green velvet dress, um, a powder blue blouse with a matching scarf, and I think a pair of regular slacks mm-hmm. and flats. Yeah, but very long jewelry, and she still had the I want. I need to know who I can get to make me that ring. Ah. I want her green ring so badly. I may I may hit up Lolly Cox. I may. Well, you, you'll you'll I'll get it. it out. We know you'll it out. we know you'll get I'll it. I'll figure it out. Now I, I have a question. Talking about the wardrobe, um, did she wear like the scarves around the neck? Did she she have a thing? Because I remember there was a one episode um, where she she got a facelift. So did she have a did she have a thing about her her did neck? Did she actually? Um, honestly, I you know. There was one. Uh, see, the problem is you can't watch some of these episodes as if they're a documentary. True, you have to watch it as if it's a as if it's a what you call it. Do I think she got a facelift? No, I know she got a facelift after Maul. Mm-hmm. She got a facelift after Maul before Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. Sort of, I think, right before Amanda's by the Sea. Also. Because B. Arthur was in two and a half or th- two and a half, three sitcoms. Um, there was Maud. There was Amanda's by the Sea. There was also another one where she pl- that one. I think this was after Golden Girls, where she played a um, a judge uh, in a sitcom that starred some Hispanic actor whose name escapes me. Some Latinx actor whose name escapes me. Um, and then she was in Golden Girls, mm-hmm. and then she did guest spots here and there. Um, but she always wore. There were a few episodes where she wore like cleavage showing right. outfits, but she always wore something over it. So yeah. there may have been a scar on her ne- on her neck. There may something may have happened to her in her youth that like grew and like when she grew up, it sort of manifested. Whatever the case may be, but most, if not all, of B. Arthur's outfits were very comfortable looking. Mm-hmm. She always wore very long vests, long jackets, yes. very billowy. Like every time she moved, the cape, the the, the, the the flow went with her. She had a certain style. A very certain style. 
even in Golden Girls, like a lot of her outfits, she told the customer, like, I want something comfortable. Right. I don't want something that's form-fitting. I don't right. want something tight. That was Blanche's uh, Blanche was very outfits. form-fitting and very, like, yes. very glitzy. Yes. Rue McClanahan's wardrobe. She kept. Rue kept most of her wardrobe. I think she had it in her contract. I'm not surprised. Rue had it in her contract that she would keep all of her costumes. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Betty White didn't want that one plaid dress, though. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you remember that? <laughs> that Hideous. plaid dress? The hideous plaid dress. The hideous plaid dress. But, yeah, that was that was Maude's style. Like, she never wore dresses. She wore <clears throat> she wore dresses, but it was seldom that she wore dresses. Yeah. I can, I can think, like, maybe on two hands, on one hand, like, the dresses that B. Arthur wore. I think one was during the telethon where she wore this gorgeous black sweetheart neckline dress with this mm-hmm. gorgeous black cape. Just absolutely stunning, stunning, stunning wardrobe that she had. Oh, can we also mention uh, Carol was in very 70s Harvest Gold oh Orange. God. <clears throat> Such a 70s outfit. And, and the, and and the, the pleated skirt. The, the long skirt. skirt. I mean, so, so, 70s. so 70s. I did like her belt. I adored her. <clears throat> I loved her belt. Her hairstyle was also very like... Yeah, that's seventies. Frank, my husband, would go probably tell style. us what, what what that was called. But yeah, one of the th- I mean, again, one of the things that I loved about Maud is that her hairstyle hardly ever changed. No, like she would either get a haircut and it would be blown out, like mm-hmm. swept to one side, mm-hmm. or she would have like two curls in front. Mm-hmm. Like again, very much of her time, very very sixties. Her hairstyle was very sixties. You think you think that was sixties? I don't know. Or maybe fifties, and it was just blown out. I don't know. We have to. We'll have we to. Have to, we'll have to, to talk discuss, to Tony's husband. We have to discuss with the wig wizard. Yeah. <laughs> we will have a full analysis and dissection of, of what exactly Maud's hairdo was. And Bill Macy, bless his heart, was still having a bald spot. Yes. Well. <laughs> What can you do? We're all going. I mean, all of our hair dudes, all of our hair is going the way of the dodo. Thank God we have wigs. (laughs) Thank God we have wigs. Oh, thank God we have wigs is right. Thank God we have wigs. But, I mean, that, this, uh, I love, I love this episode of All the Family because it, (laughs) because it doesn't focus on them. True. (laughs) No. Because it sort of takes. It takes us to where things are going to go. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it set it definitely 100% set the stage for the Maud show that we all are very familiar with that, that, that led to this point. From the, I think one of my favorite things is how even Carol during the episode would say to, say to Walter, like, you are the good cop and Maud is the bad cop. Right. Like, what, if you tell, if you, like, if there's a problem, you just say, Maud, sick him. Sick him. And she does. She does. She did. And uh, there was even a point in time, and it happens periodically, where Walter will just say, Maud, sit. <laughs> and Maud will sit down. True. Or Maud will, like, Maud will listen to Walter. Mm. And that's, I think that's addressed in a, um, in a callback episode. Uh, but that's... Again, that's a later conversation, later but it is an episode where it's pretty much an episode that takes place before Maud and Walter got married, like they were still dating at the time. And it's in the first, I think, I'm pretty sure it's in the first season too, but later, that's a later, later conversation. We'll get to it. Um, 
But yeah, I just I adored this episode because there were there were a lot of moments that again are still still happening today. Like there's yeah. so there's so much staying power in some episodes of Maud. The same way that there are staying power in episodes of The Jeffersons or All in the Family or Good Times. Like I, there are times I can just sit down and watch, just watch Good Times and be like, "Yeah, that's." Mm-hmm. That's happening now. Yeah. Or watching the Jeffersons. That's happening now. Very true. Very true. So it's it's definitely one of those moments where I'm like, I wish, and I'll, I, again, I said this in the previous episode, I will say this probably every episode. Every I, episode. I wish that Maud would do better in syndication. Right. Just because there are so many quality moments that are happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well... Maybe that have, had, that, have, that have happened. Maybe, 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 maybe us doing this. Maybe will, us doing this will pay the way. Who knows? Who knows? So, I uh, doubt we'll make any money off of that. <laughs> Probably not. But you know something? If it, if even because yeah. even doing Maud Live, mm-hmm. when when I would when I did Maud Live, my my co stars were like, "Oh, my grandmother's very excited about this. Mm-hmm. My parents are very excited to see this. Mm-hmm. My like relatives are very excited to see this." And I'm like. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But what about you guys? Right. Are you guys, are you my cast excited about this? Right. And like even the conversations that, that we'll have, it's like this, these are pretty heavy. There was one episode that we were going to do that, um, where towards the end, uh, Maud and Walter got into a big fight. Mm-hmm. And Walter goes to Maud, if you were a man, I'd punch you right in the nose. Mm-hmm. And Maud challenges him, saying, well, why don't you? Right. Hit me right in the nose. Right. We couldn't do that episode. Yeah. Because that's domestic yeah. abuse. Yeah. And you don't, like, even go, even in my head, I was like, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's part of that, that episode. And then mm-hmm. you have to say to yourself, it may be part of that episode, but it's still very uncouth. It's very problematic Mm. and that's something that you have to take when it comes to these sitcoms you can introduce them to a new audience but you're introducing an old show to a new audience Mm -hmm. so you're obviously going to get the well that wouldn't fly today no that's 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 problematic by today's standards and you know you have to sort of you have to ready yourself for that like if if Maud wasn't so controversial Uh, we'd be getting Maud merchandise but we, um, there were a lot of parents way back when who would just tell their kids, you're not supposed to watch that. You can't watch Maud. Maud's too adult. Maud's too right, mature. Right. Maud's too this. Maud's too that. Yes. And then you look at it today and it's like, even when I started watching Maud, I'm like, this is a very heavy show. Mm-hmm. This is a very, very heavy show. Yeah. Like to the point where I couldn't, to the, po- to the point where I could not watch the first two and a half episodes, I think the first three episodes of the second season, because it dealt with Walter's alcoholism. Mm-hmm. And I just, I couldn't watch it. Mm. I could not bring myself to watch it. And I was like, alright, if it's on, I'll watch it. Right. But, it's still a very heavy topic. Mm-hmm. So, on the one hand, I get that Maud is a very controversial show, but on the other hand, there have been far more controversial shows since. Yeah. And they are still doing very well. Yeah. So, and, and you know, the Maud show sort of paved the way for other shows that have done, like, uh, episodes about yeah. these topics. Like, I mean, even look at, like, um, 
Roseanne. Roseanne or, or Cheers. Or Cheers. Where, like, um, um, uh, Sam falls off, off the wagon and, you know, starts, uh, drink starts drinking again. Uh, you know, and I remember that got, you know, that show was always very, very light, but the, it got really kind there of dark. Episodes that got really dark. When they were dealing with uh, Sam's alcoholism. Bet you didn't know we were going to bring up all these <laughs> other shows. You see, you thought it was, thought we were just you know one trick ponies. Well, it's, no, no, not us. <laughs> Certainly not one trick ponies. <laughs> but but that's you know that's part of the charm of the show. It it sort of lends itself and bleeds out into these these other shows mm-hmm. because again it's it's part of it's part of Hollywood. If it exists, it's under a microscope. Mm-hmm. If it exists, like there, for for instance, when it came to Maud, every episode had to be taken and read in front of the network censors. Oh, sure. Just I think it was after, probably after Maud's dilemma, mm-hmm. because how they did it, and we'll we'll address this more when we actually get to the episode. But Maud's dilemma was initially aired regularly. Mm-hmm. Didn't get hate mail, didn't get... After Roe v. Wade mm-hmm. was passed, mm-hmm. and they re-aired it, oh, the hate mail came flooding really? in. Oh, yeah. Oh. And there were times when Norman Lear just wouldn't let B. Arthur read it. Huh. Because it was that venomous. Wow. But then there were some people that she actually had a long conversation with that was like, I understand how you're feeling, but mm-hmm. this is this is a conversation that needs to be had. And this right. Is, like, one of the beautiful things about Maud is that it is conversation starting. The conversations are starting because of the episodes that were happening. Mm-hmm. From, like, slumlords to to abortion, to gay rights, to... Um, uh, child abuse. Child abuse, alcoholism. Single mothers. Single mothers. Like, I mean, women were, just all of these things yeah. were, were happening at a time... When it wasn't the norm. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we're able to have this conversation as two queer individuals and sort of address this sitcom that's been around for decades. decades, And to basically say, yes, these conversations are still happening. It's one of the reasons why I'm like, keep on airing more, damn it! Show her. Show her. Just show her off. So, But that was a point of fact. When it came to casting for Golden Girls, mm-hmm. Susan Harris was adamant about getting B. Arthur to play Susan Dorothy. Harris was adamant about getting B. Arthur to play Dorothy. Mm-hmm. That they went through, I think they went through Charlotte Ray, they mm-hmm. went through Elaine Stritch, they went through, who else did they try to cast as, as Dorothy? Um, the, the, just, a, just a laundry list of broady type actresses. Right. And one of the reasons why they didn't want be Arthur was because of Maud. Oh. Because Maud was such a controversial show that it ended in 78. Golden Girls was in 85. That's right. 8, 9, 1, 2, 0, 4, 5. That's six years. Mm-hmm. Six or seven years. Mm-hmm. And in six or seven years, the the mark of Maud still sort of, I guess, still haunted, lingered. Still lingered. Yeah. For the producers. That when that when Rue McClanahan finally convinced B to come on, mm-hmm. B was like, "All right, that's fine." Mm-hmm. Because at first B was just, "No, I don't want to." Because at the time, um, at the time Rue and Betty were playing opposite. 
Rose right. going to play Rose. Rose, and Betty was going to play Blanche. Blanche. And Rue called up B and said, this is what's happening. And then B was like, I'm not going to play Maud and Vivian, interact with Sue Ann Nivens. Right. But when Rue said, no, I'm playing the vamp. Right. And Betty's playing the... The dits. The dits. B was like, okay. <laughs> I, I, I can get behind that. I, I'm, I'm a fan of that. And the rest is history. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we almost didn't get it because... Because of Maud. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things that like really interests me about Maud. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the reasons why I continue to watch it. Yes, it's a very hard-hitting show. Yeah. But the conversations that are had in the episodes are still being had today. Yeah. So, I don't know how many shows you could really say that about. Not many. You know, not I mean, many. Go- Golden Girls, obviously. Roseanne, definitely. Um, now, mind you, I'm not a Roseanne fan. I uh, I love um, Metcalf. Oh, Laurie Metcalf. Laurie Me- I love Laurie Metcalf. Yes. I love um, not John Candy. <laughs> not John Candy. Not John Candy. Oh, my God. Why? Dan, John Goodman. John Goodman. Thank you. <laughs> I knew it was a John. Um, uh, but I love Laurie Metcalf. I love John Goodman. Mm-hmm. But I never cared for Roseanne Barr. Yeah, she was kind of... She's an acquired taste. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Even in present day, she's still an acquired taste. Yeah. Um, but but much Rose, more so. But, but Hence Rose, why she was, you know, Valerie Harper. Way to age yourself Way to age yourself there. But I hope that... My hope is that this will sort of bring... Bring light to this show, because it is a good show. Yes. And I also found out, this is a bit of overy too, that Bill Macy pulled his pants down at an awards ceremony. Really? And because of that, the show would never get an award. With the exception of oh. B. Arthur, who won an Emmy, she won an Emmy for, my guess is she won an Emmy for Maud Bears Her Soul, which we'll mm-hmm. talk about later. But the show, I think the... The, I think the award ceremony or the people who ran the award ceremony looked at Bill, Nels- Bill Macy and said, Maud will never get an award. Oh, jeez. So the show sort of has a very storied history. Really? Yeah. Um, and I look forward to jumping into it with you guys and you too, Tony. I know. I'm, I know. I'm, having, I'm having so much so much fun. But if you would like to continue to follow us, you can. The God will get you for that. Uh, soon to have a Facebook page. All um, that good stuff. God will get you for that wall to the podcast. will <clears> be available, <throat> hopefully, for downloading soon. Mm-hmm. Um, if you would like to follow me, you can at that Tom Cat on all forms of social media, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, all of it. I'm there. And if you would like to follow Tony Holmgren, you can at? Oh, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, all that <laughs> stuff. I don't know what I actually do on Twitch, but but I'm there. It's there. But I'm there. It's there. <laughs> I don't know why I'm there, but I'm there. <laughs> I just woke up one day and I was there. And there you were. <laughs> there you was. But thank you again for listening. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you for listening to us kvetch. And we'll see you on another... Were we kvetching? We were kvetching. We were kvetching. We were kvetching. Okay. And we will see you on another episode of God Will Get You For That Walter. God Will Get You For That Walter. <laughs> Bye-bye, everyone. Bye, guys. <laughs>